This Week in HPC by Intersect 360 Research. Polaris lights the way toward Exascale for Argon. IBM enables hybrid cloud with Power10 server. It's This Week in HPC. Hi, everyone. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of This Week in HPC with Intersect 360 Research, distributed in partnership with HPC Wire. I'm Addison Snell with Intersect 360 Research, joined again by HPC Wire's Tiffany Trader. And Tiffany, this week in HPC, we're talking about a new pre-exascale system called Polaris at 44 petaflops, now going into Argonne National Lab. Yeah, this system was kind of a surprise um, to, to, to a lot of us. Uh, it was announced by Argonne National Lab and HPE that it will be a bridge system at Argonne to help prepare for the delayed Aurora system, which isn't expected out until sometime next year. Um, it's being built by HPE with uh, NVIDIA um, uh, GPUs and AMD CPUs. Uh, there are some some. We can, as we can already tell, there are some notable differences, you know, between Polaris and Aurora. Aurora, of course, is uh, an Intel CPU um, plus Intel GPU machine, those forthcoming Ponte Vecchio and uh, Sapphire Rapids parts. And this is AMD plus NVIDIA. And then the other difference here is that this is an Apollo Gen 10 Plus system versus that very dense Cray Shasta EX uh, cabinet system that will uh, the Aurora machine will be. Yeah, there's a lot to dig into with this. I mean, let me start by saying I'm glad Argon is getting a supercomputer installed. But what this really brings up for me as we talk about these pre-exascale systems is, you know, going back to when the Coral systems were going in, Argon was going to have a pre-exascale system back then, and that was going to be one of these Intel uh, architecture machines. Then as it got delayed, uh, Aurora got redefined as as what was going to be the first exascale class system, but now it's delayed again beyond that. So now what we have is a pre-exascale system that's delayed three years after the other pre-exascale systems. It's not as big as the other pre-exascale systems, and it's not really the same architecture as the exascale system that's going to be forthcoming, which is a, a contract under Intel, and there's no Intel parts here. Really, the, the only thing that it has in common is HPE Slingshot. Right. It, it has the slingshot and it has the heterogeneous architecture as well that will um, allow them to do a lot of the exploration and porting for the, um, you know, that, to make that uh, code be cross-platform, uh, have that cross-platform compatibility. So they are working with um, the different labs and different companies like Codeplay to port Sickle and DCP++, uh, DCP++ the that um, the Intel um, code to to the A100 GPU, and they said if you know if you're porting code to Aurora using that, they'll be able to keep programming the model and not have to rewrite to um, Open OpenMP or MPI or CUDA to use on Polaris. So they definitely pointed out that it will be useful and helpful uh, stepping stone um, for for the codes, uh, even though you know the architectures, as you pointed out, are definitely different. Um, and, you know, some of that, that background. 
Well, yeah, and you point out in your article on HPC Wire the aging Theta system that's out there, and, and really Argon is due for an upgrade, and if they're going to be working on these heterogeneous codes and also bringing in a lot of AI, this 4-to-1 GPU-to-CPU architecture will help do that. It does bring NVIDIA back into the picture. We haven't seen uh, the NVIDIA GPUs as part of the discussion other than under uh, Perlmutter, which uh, for, for NERSC isn't set up for for exascale class but we've got another nvidia uh system there it's it's interesting to me because we were talking about back when Pontevecchio was getting delayed i was saying well nvidia might have to come to the rescue for intel and and i think if i read between the lines here with uh, argon uh, and and the strategy here some of the the quotes in your article they they want the experience with different types of architectures i think it, uh, some of it is a little bit of a hedge for what if they want to go a different direction other than the intel of the all intel architectures going forward yeah, yeah, they, they they did talk about that the, the flexibility that the system would enable to and uh, enable them to explore these different kind of architectures, including uh, different types of accelerators, and then specifically the 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 AMD GPU as well, which of course is the you know the GPU inside the um, you know that will be inside the Frontier machine. And you mentioned Perlmutter, and you know, there's definitely some similarity to the Perlmutter architecture with the um, Milan. Uh, CPU, the, the the AMD CPU, and the NVIDIA A100 GPU, and then the Slingshot of Perlmutter, of course, does have the Cray uh, EX cabinet, though, and this is the the Apollo Gen 10. Um, so they're different in that respect, and the, the cooling's different as well. Um, a little bit more about this, the specs for this system. Uh, to run through those, there's going to be um, 280 of these Gen 10 Plus systems across 40 racks for a total of, um, at, to start out with, they will have 560 AMD Epic Rome CPUs, that second generation, uh, and 2240, uh, 2240 NVIDIA A100 GPUs with the slingshot networking. And then as part of a planned upgrade uh, in, in March of next year, they're going to be upgrading to the uh, to the AMD Milan um, Milan CPUs, and they're also at that same time they're going to transition from the Slingshot 10 to the Slingshot 11 fabric, and that will be the same fabric that Aurora supercomputer will, will use. And I mean, I thought this was interesting. I mean, thought this was notable that they're going that they're having to start with they're going to have to start with the Rome, and and I think that that suggests there must be. Um, a big demand for the system. You mentioned that Theta was um, getting a little long in the tooth for a supercomputer. It was installed in 2016, so it's 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 about getting up to be five years old. Um, so I think there was a really big demand uh, for for just for the compute. You know, aside from the fact that they a bridge system, and just, they just needed um, the computational power because of the the delay of of Aurora. Um, and then the the fact that they're building it with the Rome CPUs and then upgrading to Milan, um, I think that that you know shows the situation maybe with the, the chip shortage, chip shortages and the demand for those um, Milan chips that maybe you know AMD couldn't couldn't meet it at the at the at the start date here. But I don't have that confirmed, but it seems likely. You know um, why else would they not just go right to Milan? 
Yeah, it's interesting analysis. And as much as I was pointing out some of the confusing shortcomings to me, this is a very nice supercomputer. I have 44 petaflops. This is a very nice system. I like it. I think it's another great win for HPE. It is interesting that it's the HP Apollo Gen 10 and not the uh, Cray EX, uh, but it does still use that uh, that uh, that slingshot, um, uh, even though it's not the Shasta system. And it's another great win for uh, AMD as they transition from from the uh, Rome to Milan. So this is going to be an interesting system for Argon. I'm just not exactly sure how it transitions forward to Aurora. It will definitely help them get a lot of their AI work going as well as their heterogeneous computing with the uh, NVIDIA GPUs. Well, you know, yeah, I uh, like you said, it does have the HPE performance. The cluster manager is the same across. Um, a lot of the programming models um, are going to be are going to be the same are going to be the same. A lot of the tools will be the same, um, and uh, the heterogeneous architecture, although not the same architecture. Okay, well, it's going in now, so we'll we'll start to see what uh, comes out of Argon with that. But meanwhile, also this week in HPC, we're going to talk about the new IBM server. Now, we were just—I was just re making reference to Coral and the Summit and Sierra systems. This is the first IBM server based on its Power 10 processor, the IBM Power E1080 server. Uh, the interesting thing here is that they're primarily targeting enterprise AI and hybrid cloud. Yeah, that's that's right. So we're we're finally seeing the the debut of the first Power 10 chips, and like they did with the Power 9, the first showing is in this E series server line, the Power E1080 server. Um, these are going to be available in eight or sixteen socket enterprise class, and we can we can emphasize the enterprise class part of that, um, and that that the, they will be running the AIX as well as OSI and Linux on there uh, and yeah they are definitely they're targeting um, hybrid cloud enterprise workloads and then they're increasing the inference capability to the really boosting the inference capability with um, the uh, matrix multiply capability yeah, it's a very nice server for what it's targeting. And they're talking about record breaking, eight socket SAP performance. They're talking about uh, spec int performance per core. And a lot of the enterprise uh, and enterprise AI types of benchmarks that we're used to seeing. Now, in my comments in uh, John Russell's story in HPC Wire and also on Twitter, uh, you know, where I was pointing out disappointment is that these power. 10 processors, they've got a lot of great HPC capability in them, including the matrix math acceleration that's a big part of these processors. And it's, but they're only targeting AI inference with it now. And, and I'm, I'm lamenting a little bit the loss of traditional HPC with power. Uh, it, you know, they were on top of the hill with Summit and Sierra, but by the time those systems were installed, we were already seeing a move away from HPC with IBM. And and, uh, and now that uh, the Power 10 systems are here, there's just no mention of HPC at all. It's a little bit disappointing because it could be a really uh, strong server for that. Yeah, it does seem like they're, they would leave, be leaving something on the table if they don't also leverage it for HPC. But uh, maybe we'll still, you know, wait and see um, if, they're, if it, this is only the first uh, product out so far with the power 10 line so you know we'll see what we'll to see they they did they did say that you know watch for more to come so we you know that's our job we'll be 
we'll be watching. It's a good point. You mentioned that the first uh, Power 9 systems were the, the E980s, and these are the E1080s, but that's not the node that went into Summit and Sierra. Those are the mm-hmm. AC922s on the Power 9. So it could be that we'll still see an HPC-focused uh, Power 10-based server coming out, but we just haven't heard any messaging uh, from IBM around that. But uh, John Russell in his article on HPC Wire does point out some of the uh, the, the hardware performance uh, for these enterprise markets and, uh, and the hybrid cloud features, including by-the-minute metering of Red Hat. So it's a very nice system. It's just, <laughs> it's just not targeting HPC. Yeah, yeah. And this uh the system the 10 the e1080 it's going to it scales to 240 cores in the entire system that's with uh, 16 cpus 16 sockets um so the power 10 processors used here have 15 cores uh, supporting eight threads per core we uh the clock speed on that is uh, between 3.55 and 4 gigahertz clock um the uh I was saying that there's a 15 cores. The prior generation, those Power 9 E980s, maxed out at 12, so they bumped out the bumped up the core count a bit there. IBM said they also increased the overall number of DIMM slots to where it can do uh, 256 DDR4 DIMMs in the system, and then they they also increased the memory, the um, aggregate memory bandwidth to 400 gigs per second per sauce per socket, and introduced. Gen 5 PCIe. It's a good server, and I wish IBM success with it, and maybe we'll see a future IBM Power 10 system that uh, comes at HPC a little more directly. Okay, Tiffany, thanks for wrapping up these stories with me. There's a lot still going on as we start getting into the pre-SC season. We expect we'll see a lot more announcements ahead. All right, we'll, we'll check those out. Thanks. All right, thanks, Tiffany, and thanks to you for tuning in. You've been listening to This Week in HPC, brought to you by Intersect 360 Research, actionable market intelligence for high-performance computing. For more information, visit intersect360.com.